Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everybody, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I'm here today with Chelsea. Just us. Just us today. Just us. Uh, We are looking at a lot of passages from Ezekiel. We're in 37 a little bit. Some famous ones. Oh, some famous Ezekiel. I like that. Uh, Because most of Ezekiel, probably most of us are not super familiar with. No. So some famous Ezekiel is great to get into. Um, So it's 37. There's some 39. There's a little bit of 32. Um, The 32 is just kind of historical narrative. So as we're going through this, Chelsea, I noticed when I was reading, you were digging in your phone quite a bit. (laughs) I was just texting people. I doubt that. I doubt that. (laughs) Texting my friends. (laughs) So uh, what, what are you, what are you seeing? Um... Well, this Valley of the Dry Bones is this really famous passage that many songs have been written about. <laughs> we did do, before we turned on the recording, we did do an overview of we, all songs related to the Valley of the Dry Bones. We listed a bunch of worship songs yes. that, that go into this. Um, it is very inspiring. I will say that. <laughs> kind of creepy. but I think it's pretty weird. <laughs> it is. It's kind of weird. But it's also not a new concept. As we've traveled through the book of Ezekiel... We read again and again that God is going to put a new heart in Israel that's like beating and alive and turn towards him and he's going to pour out his spirit. So this is just another way, in my opinion, of him saying, I'm going to put life and breath in you. Um, so attaching skin and muscle to your bones and making this like army come alive is just another way of saying like, hey, someday you're going to worship me again um, and turn towards me. Sometimes when we read the Bible, especially when we come to more famous passages, we just like sort of turn off our brain a little bit. Um, So Chelsea, (laughs) this says he was carried away by the spirit of the Lord to a valley. So he was like teleported to some place in the world that was just full of bones and the bones just like snapped together, like post infinity war situation. Like, I guess. I never understand any of your Marvel Is that heretical? (laughs) Oh, you're not a Marvel person. I mean, I'm I'm okay with it. I'm just right. not a Marvel groupie. Just like, did, did he just like snap his fingers and all these bones snap back together? I mean, that's what the Bible says. I mean, it's a vision, I think. Oh, that's what I was looking for. <laughs> did all these people just like march? You know, they're like, sweet, let's get some Taco Bell. No, it's awesome. <laughs> probably not. No, probably not. <laughs> Definitely vision. Just like when he had a vision of the glory of the Lord. It's like he's describing something that he saw in mm. a vision. Not something that actually happened. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Crazy. Okay, I want you to talk about Gog and Magog because that can be kind of crazy too. Why do you want me to talk about Gog and Magog? Because you know more than I do. Well, Gog and Magog, I don't know a ton about them. Um, This is not the only time we hear about Gog and Magog, correct? (laughs) Gog and Magog. (laughs) Right. It is is not the only time. In fact, when we get to Revelation, we'll hear about them again. So here's the tricky thing. Um, When it comes to these kind of apocalyptic sort of situations or like these end time situations. Mm-hmm. There are several different books that relate to that. The most famous one being revelation. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of that in Daniel. Mm-hmm. There's some of that in Ezekiel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus talks some about end times. Peter talks some about end times. Um, something really good to keep in mind is that we are not, we don't get to read these passages and turn them into something that they're not, yep. which happens a lot. Um, so one of the the best things to keep in mind is, pretty much universally, this cannot mean to you what it never meant to them. Mm -hmm. So as you're reading through passages, it's very always, it's important to think about the original audience and how God was meaning to speak to them. 
However, because it's like breathed by the spirit and useful for teaching in all situations and applicable to us by the spirit, um, it also speaks to us, but not in a way that uh, is literal. <laughs> that's just like made up. Like you're, yeah. you're not allowed to make up stuff. Right. And you're not allowed to create stories and narratives. They're kind of just pulled out of thin air and attached to a verse. Right. It, it's everywhere. It happens all the time. It's not a great way to study the Bible. Um, so when we talk about Gog and Magog, it's connected to Revelation. A lot of people think that this is sort of an end times narrative that speaks of the restoration of the people. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes people say some pretty weird stuff about it. <laughs> It's particularly related to like American politics or, you know, specifically to how the rise and fall of current nations and empires will go most likely because I want to just hold intention that there are a lot of well-informed differing opinions. Right. Exactly. Uh, It's very, very important to recognize that I am just one opinion of many, (laughs) Um, but most likely this is not about. Russia. Are, yeah, yeah. I mean, really. <laughs> I was going to say, it's not about Russia. Most likely, Most likely. <laughs> this is not about us in our exact time and space with our current day rulers and nations. Right. But what we can look at is, again, what it meant for them and what it means in apocalyptic literature, what it means. Numbers are important. Mm-hmm. And because they signify things. Mm-hmm. So, for example, in Ezekiel 38, it talks about seven different countries. Well, seven means completeness in the mm-hmm. Bible. Mm-hmm. So, when we talk about this war that's going to happen, it's really God waging war on people or nations that aren't following him. So, not like the specific. Which things. is interesting. So, thinking in terms of this cannot mean to us what it did not mean to them. If you've been tracking with God's whole story, we've seen consistently that God judges nations who don't honor him. So this is a passage that falls right in line with that story. Right. If you pull this passage out from context and try to make it into a fairy tale, that's when it gets weird. So if we're looking at this with eyes that are similar eyes to Ezekiel, Ezekiel is prophesying in exile, right? Um, So he's with a people who are not in their homeland. Uh, They're hearing this as a message of hope. So a lot of times this can be presented as a message of war and loss and bloodshed. Mm -hmm. The first audience experienced this as a message of hope. Like, let's look forward to God's restoration. Let's trust this wonderful, faithful, amazing God. Let's serve him with our hearts, minds, soul, and strength so that we can one day look forward to being restored. Guess what? It's the same message for us. Mm -hmm. Let's continue to serve God so that we can look forward to being restored. Yeah, and I would say again when we get to Revelation, we approach it with the same view. Same thing. It's Revelation a cannot mean to you what it did not mean to them. Right, yeah. and and it's not a big scary book. It's actually it's a, a message of hope. Book. It's yeah. consistently a message of hope. It's talking about persistence in the face of severe trials. Right. Mm-hmm. We're gonna talk about that in December. We'll get there. <laughs> um, the other thing that stuck out to me was talking about the everlasting covenant in Ezekiel thirty-seven. Yes, thirty-seven. Um, it's it's. Uh, the same message that Jeremiah gave that there's going to be a covenant, um, a covenant of peace with both us and the, again, this message is to Israel. Um, servant David, I take to mean as Jesus, a descendant of David. <laughs> and um, that covenant is with Jesus then. So just like the Mosaic covenant involved blood and sacrifice, the blood and sacrifice of Jesus completes that covenant with us. Yeah, actually, it's a it's a fundamental value of covenants. They involve always uh, shed blood and a sign mm-hmm. of a covenant. So yeah, that yeah. would be Jesus. Mm-hmm.
Ezekiel 37, starting in verse 1. The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground, and they were completely dried out. Then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to these bones, and say, Dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says, Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then I watched muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds. Son of man, speak a message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying we have become old dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. Therefore prophesy to them and say, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. O my people, I will open the graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, O my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you, and you will live again and return home to your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. Again a message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, take a piece of wood and carve on it these words. This represents Judah and its allied tribes. Then take another piece and carve these words on it. This represents Ephraim and the northern tribes of Israel. Now hold them together in your hand as if they were one piece of wood. When your people ask you what the actions mean, say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I will take Ephraim and the northern tribes and join them to Judah, and I will make them one piece of wood in my hand. Then hold out the pieces of wood you have inscribed so the people can see them. And give this message from the Sovereign Lord. I will gather the people of Israel from among the nations. I will bring them home to their own land from the place where they have been scattered. I will unify them into one nation on the mountains of Israel. One king will rule them all. No longer will they be divided into two nations or into two kingdoms. They will never again pollute themselves with their idols and vile images and rebellion. For I will save them from their sinful apostasy. I will cleanse them. Then they will truly be my people and I will be their God. My servant David will be their king, and they will have only one shepherd. They will obey my regulations and be careful to keep my decrees. They will live in the land I gave my servant Jacob, the land where their ancestors lived. They and their children and their grandchildren after them will live there forever, generation after generation, and my servant David will be their prince forever. And I will make a covenant of peace with them, an everlasting covenant. I give them their land and increase their numbers, and I will put my temple among them forever. I will make my home among them. I will be their God, and they will be my people. And when my temple is among them forever, the nations will know that I am the Lord who makes Israel holy. This is another message that came to me from the Lord. Son of man, turn and face Gog, the land of Magog, the prince who rules over the nations of Meshech and Tubal, and prophesy against them. Give him this message from the sovereign Lord. Gog, I am your enemy. I will turn you around and put hooks in your jaws to lead you out with a whole army, your horses and charioteers in full armor, a great horde armed with shields and swords. Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya will join you too with their weapons. Gomer and all its armies will also join you, along with the armies of Beth Togomorrah, 
from the distant north and many others. Get ready, be prepared, keep all the armies around you mobilized, and take command of them. A long time from now you will be called into action. In the distant future you will swoop down on the land of Israel, which will be enjoying peace after recovering from war after its people have returned from many lands to the mountains of Israel. You and all your allies, a vast and awesome army, will roll down on them like a storm and cover the land like a cloud. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. At that time, evil thoughts will come to your mind, and you will devise a wicked scheme. You will say, Israel is unprotected land filled with unwalled villages. I will march against her and destroy these people who live in such confidence. I will go to those formerly desolate cities that are now filled with people who have returned from exile in many nations. I will capture vast amounts of plunder, for the people are rich with livestock and other possessions now. They think the whole world revolves around them. But Sheba and Dadan and the merchants of Tarshish will ask, Do you really think the armies you have gathered can rob them of silver and gold? Do you think you can drive away their livestock and seize their goods and carry off their plunder? Therefore, son of man, prophesy against Gog. Give him this message from the sovereign Lord. When my people are living in peace in their land, then you will rouse yourself. You will come from your homeland in the distant north with vast cavalry and your mighty army, and you will attack my people Israel, covering their land like a cloud. At that time in the distant future, I will bring you against my land as everyone watches, and my holiness will be displayed by what happens to you, Gog. Then all the nations will know that I am the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord asks. Are you the one I was talking about long ago when I announced through Israel's prophets that in the future I would bring you against my people? But this is what the Sovereign Lord says. When Gog invades the land of Israel, my fury will boil over. In my jealousy and blazing anger, I promise a mighty shaking in the hand of Israel on that day. All living things, the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the animals of the field, the small animals that scurry among the ground, and the people on earth, will quake in terror at my presence. Mountains will be thrown down, cliffs will crumble, walls will fall to the earth. I will summon the sword against you on the hills of Israel, says the Sovereign Lord. Your men will turn their swords against each other. I will punish you and your armies with disease and bloodshed. I will send torrential rain, hailstones, fire, and burning sulfur. In this way I will show my greatness and holiness, and I will make myself known to all the nations of the world. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Son of man, prophesy against Gog. Give him this message from the Sovereign Lord. I am your enemy, O Gog, ruler of the nations of Meshech and Tubal. I will turn you around and drive you toward the mountains of Israel, bringing you from the distant north. I will knock the bow from your left hand and the arrows from your right hand, and I will leave you helpless. You and your army and your allies will all die on the mountains. I will feed you to the vultures and wild animals. You will fall on the open fields, for I have spoken, says the Sovereign Lord. And I will rain down fire on Magog and on your allies who live safely on the coasts. Then they will know that I am the Lord. In this way I will make known my holy name among my people Israel. I will not let anyone bring shame on it, and the nations too will know that I am the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel. That day of judgment will come, says the Sovereign Lord. Everything will happen just as I have declared it. Then the people in the towns of Israel will go out and pick up your small and large shields, bows and arrows, javelins and spears, and they will use them for fuel. There will be enough to last them for seven years. They won't need to cut wood from the fields or forests, for these weapons will give them the fuel they need. They will plunder those who plan to plunder them, and they will rob those who plan to rob them, says the Sovereign Lord. And I will make a vast graveyard for Gog and his hordes in the valley of travelers east of the Dead Sea. I will block the way of those who travel there, and they will change the name of the place the Valley of Gog's Hordes. It will take seven months for the people of Israel to bury the bodies and cleanse the land. 
Everyone in Israel will help, for it will be a glorious victory for Israel when I demonstrate my glory on that day, says the Sovereign Lord. After seven months, teams of men will be appointed to search the land for skeletons to bury, so the land will be made clean again. Whenever bones are found, a marker will be set up so the buried crews can take them to be buried in the Valley of Gog's hordes. There will be a town there named Hamana, which means horde, and so the land will finally be cleansed. And now, son of man, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Call all the birds and wild animals. Say to them, gather together for my great sacrificial feast. Come from far and near to the mountains of Israel, and there eat flesh and drink blood. Eat the flesh of the mighty men and drink the blood of princes as though they were rams, lambs, goats, and bulls, all fattened animals from Bashan. Gorge yourselves with flesh until you are glutted. Drink blood until you are drunk. This is the sacrificial feast I have prepared for you. Feast at my banquet table. Feast on horses and charioteers, on mighty men and all kinds of valiant warriors, says the Sovereign Lord. In this way, I will demonstrate my glory to the nations. Everyone will see the punishment I have inflicted on them and the power of my fist when I strike. And from that time on, the people of Israel will know that I am the Lord and their God. The nations will know why Israel was sent away to exile. It was punishment for sin, for they were unfaithful to their God. Therefore, I turned away from them and let their enemies destroy them. I turned my face away and punished them because of their defilement and their sin. So now this is what the Sovereign Lord says. I will end the captivity of my people. I will have mercy on all Israel. I jealously guard my holy reputation. They will accept responsibility for the past shame and unfaithfulness. They have come home to live in peace in their own land with no one to bother them. When I bring them home from the lands of their enemies, I will display my holiness among them for the nations to see. Then my people will know that I am the Lord their God, because I sent them away to exile and brought them home again. I will leave none of my people behind, and I will never again turn my face from them, for I will pour out my spirit upon the people of Israel. I, the Sovereign Lord, have spoken. Ezekiel 32, starting in verse 1. On March 3rd, during the twelfth year of King Jehoiachin's captivity, this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, mourn for Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and give him this message. You think of yourself as a strong young lion among the nations, but you are really just a sea monster heaving around in your own rivers, stirring up mud with your feet. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. I will send many people to catch you in my net and haul you out of the water. I will leave you stranded on the land to die. All the birds of the heavens will land on you, and the wild animals of the whole earth will gorge themselves on you. I will scatter your flesh on the hills and fill the valleys with your bones. I will drench the earth with gushing blood all the way to the mountains, filling the ravines to the brim. When I blot you out, I will veil the heavens and darken the stars. I will cover the sun with a cloud, and the moon will not give you its light. I will darken the bright stars overhead and cover your land in darkness. I, the Sovereign Lord, have spoken. I will disturb many hearts when I bring news of your downfall to distant nations you have never seen. Yes, I will shock many lands, and their kings will be terrified at your fate. They will shudder in fear for their lives as I brandish my sword before them on the day of your fall. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says. The sword of the king of Babylon will come against you. I will destroy your hordes with swords of mighty warriors and the terror of the nations. They will shatter the pride of Egypt, and all its hordes will be destroyed. I will destroy all your flocks and herds and graze beside the streams. Never again will people or animals muddy those waters with their feet. Then I will let the waters of Egypt become calm again, and they will flow as smoothly as olive oil, says the Sovereign Lord. And when I destroy Egypt and strip you of everything you own and strike down all your people, then you will know that I am the Lord. 
Yes, this is the funeral song they will sing for Egypt. Let all the nations mourn. Let them mourn for Egypt and its hordes. I, the Sovereign Lord, have spoken. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, It means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, If you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, We would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, You can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.